Hi, this is Krista Renee from the 90 Day Podcast. We celebrate the month of February for our cultivating legendary stories of our American Black histories. The month of February, the 90 Day Podcast would like to highlight some of our guests who are doing great things in our American history. Hear their stories on the 90 Day Podcast. This is Krista Renee, and I hope you enjoy our Black History Month. Hi, this is Krista Renee from the 90 Day Podcast. My next guest is Deborah Crockett, and the title of this episode is What She Does for Her Community. How are you today, Ms. Crockett? I'm pretty good, alive and kicking. Alive and kicking. I love that. Well, Deborah, what is your sole purpose of giving back to the community? Well, you know, looking at, you know, living, I live in a senior citizen building and I look at, I look and I said, wow, I hardly ever see anyone visiting any family or anything, you know? So I said, maybe I can start preparing meals like doing a little holiday celebration for the people here. You know, like like do my part, do my part to make them feel like they have family and friends and someone that care, you know? Right. So I started the little money that I used to get, like the little stamps and stuff I used to get because I'm on social security and I get a little small amount of stamps. So I would take it and I would save out of it each month and 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 I would save each month and said, Well, this holiday is coming up, I'm gonna do this. Every time a holiday coming up come up, I'm gonna start a um, you know, have a meal, prepare a meal, you know, a little get together celebration and also grab by gifts. So I try what day of the month that I do the dinner is how many grab by gifts I usually get, you know? Right. So I started doing that, and then I attended meeting at the East Hartford Housing Authority for the Resident Advisory Board, and they asked me, I mean, I said to them, they said, you're having these dinners, this is so nice of you, you know, you cook, you prepare everything, you cook, you get everything together, I have to give you a lot of credit for that, so they said, you know, we do have the, um, we have, like, we have like little funds that can help you with this, with these meals and stuff, these holiday meals and stuff, you know? And they told me the amount that they would offer. And I said, well, that's good. And I said, well, let me put in for it and see if I can get it, if I can get it done. So I started putting in for the East Hartford housing, for the little funds that they have set up, you know, to help with holiday dinners and stuff like that. So how and long they have you given me? So how long have you been planning events? Like, so, I've for been how long? I've been doing it for over, I, I, I think, I've been doing it for a total of like four years now. Wow, that's a, so what, in what type of events do you plan? I know you said holidays, but what type plan, of events? Like, is it mainly for just Christmas or is it for other holidays? All the holidays. Oh. I plan all the holidays, even Valentine's. 
like you know for the valentine holidays i will ask them to wear like you know something pink something that represents like valentine you know like the pink the reds and the white and stuff like that uh-huh. i will ask them to do that then i'll also set up a little valentine's day team team you know but i i i do i do all the holidays and if i if i'm away i usually make sure if i'm away for thanksgiving or for christmas if i go away for thanksgiving i'll come back and make sure i do the christmas holiday and if i'm here for thanksgiving and go away for christmas i'll do the thanksgiving holiday those two is like i rotate those two holidays wow now you did mention yeah. that you're on the resident revisory board can you tell the us resident, oh, what yeah, is it's it? the resident advisory board mm-hmm. oh resident advisory board can you yeah, tell us already. your role and your responsibilities well it's volunteer work being on the resident advisory board what i do is we used to have a meeting every two or so months we would have a meeting here and take like people have complaints take your name and their complaints and and take it back to housing and then housing know what they're complaining about you know uh-huh. and i usually we usually have uh, that's with the residents but we usually have meetings with housing and we'll meet at like every three i think every two or so much every two or so much we will meet with housing and we will get together and go over what stuff is going to be done in this housing like the housing i live in mm-hmm. which is meadowville and we'll talk about the other housing places and the things that you know they're offering and doing and stuff you know like this year they like couple weeks ago they sent us masks and stuff and they also sent flyers saying that we can go and get a rapid testing at a certain site and stuff but um i usually take complaints if someone have a complaint they will bring it to me and then i will forward it to sartred housing oh okay now you did state that you do get assistance from the east harford housing authority and what type of assistance do you get they will give me a check they will write me a check for the um for the assistance is in a form of a check and what i have to do is to bring a receipt to prove that i what i spent it on that it was related to the meals and stuff like that so that's what i do i have to bring a receipt wow the receipt mm-hmm. that is good that they help out because yes, food is expensive is party planning is expensive very much it's very much up I am so I mean I am so amazed with them you know and they really and it doesn't take them long to cut the check like I, I I usually take them if I catch them before the checks are cut off it will have there like the next day but if if not then they'll give it to me like if I catch them on a Wednesday or so they'll give it to me to come in Mondays you know right so I mean they're really they're really swift about the donation now is there anyone else besides you that lives in your um, building that is also on the advisory board is Gail used it was a lady Gail used to be with me 
on the rest of that fancy board, but she she had to, she needed time off. So I was wishing that she had stayed, but no, it's just me now. It's normally two people for my building, but it hasn't been two people in a while because Gail has been gone for a while now. Oh, wow. So that leaves a lot of responsibility on you. <laughs> Right. We're not even able to have we weren't able to have meetings downstairs either because they move all the chairs and tables because of the distance, you know? Right. Of making you know, like putting the six feet distance or whatever between you. So we weren't able to um you know, meet down there, but I were I was very lucky because I managed to get the Christmas dinner, the holiday dinner together before the COVID rates went up. Because right. the rates was almost at 25, remember? They just dropped to seven now. Right. A little over seven, but they were at 25. And I managed to hit it right on time. And right after that, they came in like a couple weeks, like probably three weeks or so later, they came and moved all the tables. So we weren't even able, we were not able to do any dinners. Now I was shooting for Valentine, but I know I won't catch Valentine. So I said, hopefully I have a little reminder telling me to ask them for Easter. Because Easter's a ways, that's in April. So that right. thing should change by then, right? Right. So I'm just keeping my finger crossed that we can do the Easter dinner. Right. So what are some other attributes um, do you ha do for the people in your building? Well, if they need rice, I, I will give them rice. You know, if they need, you know, when I have make dinner here, I would like, like, for instance, um, Saturday, I made a nice dinner. It was a snowstorm, right? Yeah. Then Saturday, I said, I'm making this nice dinner so what i'm gonna do is fix plates and give you know to my neighbors and stuff like that so i were able to share you know at least four or five plates from my neighbor and stuff out of the dinner i made i was making a dinner for my house but i'm like this dinner is coming out so good and it smells so nice i said let me start sharing it you know oh and wow that's that what is I a beautiful did. thing I also, I also do my, I, I have um, a couple that live on the 10th floor uh -huh. and I've been spending a, they're older couple but I've been spending a lot of time with them like twice or so a week we go out to breakfast we go shopping I take her shopping with me and stuff like that also I had three air conditions here in my place and one of the ladies on the seventh floor said, oh my goodness, I don't have an air conditioner. That's when it was really that heat wave for the summer. And I said, you can have an air conditioner because I have three and I only use one. So we only have one outlet for one. And if you put it in the window, you have to make sure you take it out the bedroom window before. 
so I um, gave her one and she was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe you gave me this air conditioner. I was like, well, let's just sit in here because you know, sometimes people will charge for stuff, but I'm like, oh, I'm not charging you. You don't have to pay me because it's sitting here. I was going to anyway, you know, why would I charge you? I said, enjoy it, you know. So I asked my neighbor next door, I have a new neighbor that moved in, I asked him, can he help me take it up there or can he take it up there? And I, I follow him. So he did and, and help her put it in the, uh, the little slot where our air conditions goes into. Uh-huh. So you constantly stay busy. Oh, I stay, I stay busy, especially with the couple upstairs. We're always we're so we're always doing something. We normally we're doing groceries, we're running, um, having lunch, breakfast, and I, I I think I told you New Year's Eve. I said I'm going to get out of this house for New Year's Eve because I gotta bring in the New Year's doing something for me or with some or with someone, you know, or doing something for something for someone else, but me included. So. We went to um, Red Lobster for dinner. It was really good. They had a nice time. It's a lady upstairs in our house, but we went there and we really had a nice time. But we tried to, I, I tried to do things, you know, here. So it, it, I used to take them to the casino also. Um, my neighbor, John upstairs, I used to take him to Mohegan Sun and Veronica down the hall. Her and I would go to Fox, but she would also go to Mohegan Sun with John and I. And then I started going to MGM, and I, my neighbor upstairs is on the 10th floor. I take her with me, you know, so I usually tell her, I like to go there on Tuesday, so we'll get together this Tuesday. This week I was really, really busy, so I'm like, remember I told you, so um, she called me last night to see what I have planned for the rest of the week, but... I have my mom to appointments and stuff, so but I try to make time for them. You know, I always do. I try to make time for them. And, uh, they, it's like the people in the building. It's like my family. Like the people at church, I call them my church family. That's the same way I feel about the people in this building. You know, it's like, oh, well, you know, I'm here. And, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm pretty much, my cousin always says to me, how do you wake up? and be the same person all the time. And I said, I conditioned myself to be like that, you know? Because um, I am always pretty much the same person, you know? They don't expect to find a different person each time, you know? It's always me, so. I'm all, I always try to help because I always put myself in that position. What if it was me? How would I feel, you know? Right, right. And that's what guides me. Now, how do you relax with all this going on? How do you relax personally? Girl, I, I, I relax. I have inner peace. Man, I have inner peace. I'm so, you know, I was able to retire at such an early age, you know, and, and, and I, I don't, I, I budget myself well. I, I'm on a budget. I, I, I never thought I would see myself budgeting and stuff like that. But now, I and, and I keep, I try to like, 
you know they always say a dollar in your pocket is a friend in your pocket yeah i always try to have a dollar in my pocket so when any circumstances arise that's gonna you know i'm i'm, I'm comfortable i'm set you know right. I, i i try and i keep i keep myself i i, I always say to my mom she's always rushing like today she was rushing me and she was rushing and i just started to get this headache and i'm like my gosh I said, <laughs> you don't have a clock to punch why are you rushing where are you going you know and that's what i tell myself i keep myself calm because where am i rushing going? right like you see you see cars fly past you and then you meet them at the light and they went nowhere you know <laughs> just trying to kill themselves i'm like Oh no, I'm I'm like I'm really calm. I have that inner peace and I believe I live my life that whatever we sow that shall we reap. That's how I live. Right. And it gives me this calmness like you don't have to be worried because it's whatever you you know what I mean? Right, right. It's all going to come back. So I just stay calm. I I don't I I just can't drive myself crazy why? Why to the 
um, housing authority and the people in your building. But how about um, in your immediate family and your family members? How did you and your family members manage the COVID-19 during this pandemic or during the early pandemic? And well, now? Well, my, my oldest daughter automatically immediately quarantined her household from anyone. It didn't matter if it was me, my mother, you know, I'm her mother, her grandmother, no one could come there. She says, oh, I don't want to take a chance when COVID is over. So I felt how COVID, I traveled when COVID was at its worst. And I traveled to go to South Carolina because I felt so alone. I'm alone, but I felt even lonelier when COVID came, you know, when it started. And I traveled all the way from here to South Carolina to be with my younger daughter and my three grandkids and stuff. And I said, oh, I got to get away from here. I'm going to travel. I'm going to take my chance. And I put my trust in God's hands because he's going to cover me, you know? Yes. And I traveled during COVID and I traveled with Delta Airlines. Mm. I always take Delta or American. I take Delta Atlanta, and then I came from Atlanta to Charleston. Those people made me feel like we're going to be all right. Don't worry about it. They made me feel like family, like they even made me feel better than the healthcare industry would have made me feel. Delta. Delta was so good, so good. And it's like, they're like, okay, just, you know, they made sure that you had a distance, like you're on one end and the person on the other end. But they made sure Delta made they made sure that you um you were taken care of. The only thing left for them to do is just take you and rock you in their arm <laughs> and put you to sleep. That's how good Delta was, you know. And I'm like, look at this. This is a co- an airline, commercial airline, and they're acting better than your spiritual and your healthcare would treat you. Yeah. They were so good. So I said, we're going to be all right. And I said, the thing about, you know, we, it's pandemics and stuff. You know, we lost a lot of people. I, I lost my, I lost my aunt. I lost her recently. About a week ago, she passed away with COVID in the Cayman Islands. But it never, it never made it to my household because it's only me in my household. Right. I have no one else here. Um, my mom, I tried to get her to take the vaccine, but she complained one minute she's going to get it, the next minute she's not. I did have her get her a COVID test one time when it first started. But now it's like trying to get her to do anything. It's like you have to like handcuff her and, and practically handcuff her to you and bring her, you know? <laughs> so I say, you know, she, she's this, she's made it to over 80 years old. I said, well, you know what I mean? Like she did, she made it that long. I think she lived long, you know? Right. But other than that, I think COVID, I think COVID has, what happened with COVID, you know who your true friends are and you know who your family's during COVID. You know the people that you would want to be on a stranded island when anything happened. COVID showed you the real people and the unreal people. You know what I mean? 
so that's the thing about a pandemic. It shows you people real feelings, you know? Yeah. And the people that's going to be in your corner when anything happened. And I was that person. When anything happened during, I mean, during COVID, I was like, it's going to be all right. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. I remember my friend, I have a friend, and I would say to him, you know, he, he came pick me up to take me up for my birthday, and he would say, I said to him, he was in my building a couple of weeks earlier, about, well, actually a couple of days earlier, and he came to pick me up. I said, you're coming upstairs to get me, or you're coming upstairs to sit for a while, or you want me to meet you downstairs? He said, oh, no, your building look like COVID, you know? Your oh. building look like COVID. And I said, well, what do you mean my building look like COVID? I live in government housing. When anything, if anything happened here, I'm going to be protected quicker than you in your private house. That's what I told him, you know? Yeah, because... But anyway... Well, I mean, what, what what does that mean? Your building look like and, COVID? And people are so... I'm, so that's what I'm telling you about people and their... Their people are so... When it comes to a pandemic, I guess everybody figure and they try to blame everybody. It makes them... But they believe that they're gonna live longer if they do that. It's like, it's like people. Okay, the poor, rich, rich make middle class feel like nothing. Middle class make the poor feel like nothing, right? Right. So I think it's what is it? Superiority complex. Uh huh. That's the problem there. Support superiority complex. They believe that if I put. If I dump all the junk on somebody else, it'll make me come out squeaking clean because I have no junk on me. Mm. I'll drop it from me and throw it on trash and them, you know? Right. So that's the thing about COVID, but I, I really, my friends say that to me and it's amazing. But my friends say that to me and to see how life is, whatever we sow, that shall we reap. Yes. My friend called me a couple, but a month ago it said, oh, four people tested at my job um, positive for COVID, you know, he does hair. And I said, oh my goodness, he says, well, you you know how I can get any COVID tests? I said, well, my friend down the hall bought the kits from Walgreens. She bought the Abbott, remember Abbott kits of Walgreens? Yep. Two tests comes in the box and it's yep. $25. Absolutely. Yep. And I said, my friend bought that. I said, I'm going to see if I can buy it from her. So when I called her, she said, I can have it, you know, and I paid her the money for it. And I said, well, you can come and get it. So just to see the person that you was trying to act funny with about their building look like COVID. Where you work in your building is supposed to be so great where you work, you know, in Vernon, you know? Right. You're for the people testing positive for COVID and you're right there working with them and you got to come and get a test kit for me when you should be going to find your own test kit. But I'm just saying, people are normally full of hot air, you know, they just say things just to hear themselves talk because half the time it doesn't make any sense. So that's what happened. So I got ready to say, well, this building didn't have to ask you for a test kit. Right. But you had to ask somebody that's been for a test kit because you were so worried about that you have might have contracted COVID, you know? So right. that was the story there. But I stay calm because I look at life and I said, whatever we do, we will, you know, 
if you put positive energy out there in the atmosphere, positive things will normally come to you. And when bad things do, the, 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 the point that you believe positivity can remove it will remove it. That's the way I feel about yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Well, you know what? I admire you so much. You are a phenomenal woman who does a lot of things for her community, for her building, for the people. And you know what? You do it from the bottom of your heart. Definitely. Uh, yes. Definitely. And you don't ask for anything in return. And that's why I sure the, don't. You sure don't. You do it from the bottom of your heart. And yes. I just want to um, ask you, what keeps you inspired and motivated? Well, you know, I have my grandmother. I call her the prayer warrior, but I always, every time I do something that I think is something, it, it, you, when I was younger and I would do things, would get ready to do things that I think is wrong, but I wanted to do it, I always said, what would my grandmother think, you know? Yeah. When I was a teenager and, and like 12 years old, I started teaching Sunday school. I started teaching Sunday school at 12 years old. Even if I went out on the weekend and went to those stuff they had, like the movies and all those things, I would still get up early and teach Sunday school. But my grandmother is such a prayer warrior. She passed away, you know, but it's like I always, she always says, oh, turn the other cheek. Even when she had people mistreating her, she would say, turn the other cheek. I mean, it's kind of hard for me to, to, to be able to, you know, do that. But what I, what I do is to try and send out, like I said, positive energy. I try to talk. I try to speak positively. My grandson always says to me, Deb, well, you, you see the good in people because you're a, you're a, what's it say? I'm an um, optimist, right? He says, yep. you're an optimist. You always look at things, the good in things, you know, and they always, like, the, the guy, my friend tells me, he said if anybody should get, if anybody he would call a sin, I am a sin. He always tells me that. He says, you are so good. He says, you're so good that I am you. I, I can't believe anybody. I have never met anybody that good. That's what he tells me. I said, for real, I said, well, I conditioned myself to be like that, you know? Right. Conditioned myself to be, I, 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 I want people, I want to be treated right. So therefore, I should treat people right. Right. What? Because I feel like however I treat you, then you should treat me. You exactly. Know? That's the way I feel. Exactly. If you treat me extra special, then that's a bonus for me. But I want to be treated how I treat people. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Ms. Deborah, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure speaking with you. It was a pleasure you sharing your story with us. And you are the highlight for the month of February. Thank you for sharing your Black history. Oh, I appreciate it. And I am so, I know my accent happens to come in there every now and again, you know. Because <laughs> I am from the Cayman Islands, but I've been living here for over 45 years. So that accent tends to come in there, you know. 
It's and all dad, good. It is yeah. all good. I just yeah. want to just thank you. Thank you for being a yeah. highlight for the month of February on the 90 Day Podcast. Okay, thank you. Thank you, girl. Thank you. I appreciate it, okay? Okay, you have a good night. You too, dear. Okay, okay. bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye, dear. And this is Krista Renee from the 90 Day Podcast. That concludes my interview with Deborah Crockett. And again, thank you for celebrating the month of February, our Black history. Bye-bye.